Hey guys, it's Alfredo. And this is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This week we're going back to double headers. Good thrillers, right? Thrillers, Some yeah. Some like yeah. really good, well-paced movies. Well-paced, exactly. Like if there was a master class on pacing, I'd mm. say these two are, are up there. Mm. We're talking about Training Day and Gone Girl. Solid movies, solid performances, uh, solid episode, I think. I'm predicting. Different kinds of movies, uh, different time periods. Mm. Shit, different genres, really kind of. Well, not different genres, but different theme, right? One is cop, other one is guy being framed, but... I would say different execution. Different execution. Because it's, it's thrillers, it's thrillers, and, and you don't know what's happening. One is a little bit more mysterious than the other. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah. You know, it's still the, the same way uh, of pacing, of, of, of storytelling. So I think it's, it's very well done. I think Training Day is a perfect example of a movie that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You mm. don't need to come up with some crazy idea that's never been done before, you know, or some new way of filming. No, just execute it well and have some good act, you know, cast it well, as I've said, mm. write it well, and make sure that it's well paced. Make sure that every scene is necessary and it's just back to back to back, From beginning to end. It's exciting, it's interesting, and it captivates you. That's what Training Day is. But it's a simple movie. Yeah. We have Denzel who's this uh, seasoned veteran detective, narcotics detective specifically. Um, and he takes on this new young guy, first day on the on the job as a, as a narcotics uh, cop, narcotics officer. Mm. First time. Because before he was just, he was a regular officer. I think he spent a few years. And that was the first time. He's, he's excited to be a narc, right? Specifically. <laughs> uh, but as the day goes on, he's weird. He's impulsive. Speaking about Denzel's character, and we kind of find out that the, the dude is mad crooked, mm. mad corrupt. Going a little bit deeper into the the, the details, Training Day 2001. It's a crime a thriller, directed by Antoine Fuqua. That was really hard because it's really spelled like very different. It's like ah oh, man. But that was a good job. I'm really I'm really proud of myself. That was really good. I'm really proud of myself. Uh, Antoine has done uh, Southpaw. Did the Equalizer with Denzel? Okay. Like shooting, like working with him. For sure. And Shooter with Marky Mark Wahlberg. I like Shooter. It was a good movie. I think it's a little underrated. I just like snipers. I just like sniper movies. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's it's a cool movie. Yeah. It's a uh, for the pacing. That was another well paced one. Shooter. Shooter was good. The casting in this one, like you like you mentioned, uh, is pretty strong. You have Denzel, uh, Ethan Hawke, Eva Mendez, Dr. Dre. We saw her. Yeah, you know, it was actually her idea. No kidding. She wanted to expose herself. She said that, you know, for for her art, she's willing to do anything. Wow. So I'm about to slide in her DM. Antoine Fuqua must have been so excited when he heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are in this one. And Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Yeah. Who's this? Cliff Curtis is the, the guy who played Smiley. Honestly, I think that one has to be the most... Because his name doesn't look like a cliff. It doesn't look like a cliff at all. Yeah, it doesn't look like a cliff. But I know exactly who he is. He's done plenty of roles. He does. uh, He has. But I don't know. The the, the casting on that one was weird because, you know, Cliff is from New Zealand. And originally, the one who was supposed to play Smiley, who was, uh, oh, was S.I. Morales. S.I. was, uh, was, was Del in Ozark. That would have been a better. That would have been a better one. Well, my biggest thing is like it's tough to cast uh, a part 
that is very stereotypical for a reason, not not in a bad way, but like in this case, we're talking about Mexican gangsters in in, in L.A. right in a dangerous neighborhood. Right. So they have to play the parts. Fine, nothing wrong with it. I get it. They picked Hector, who is literally always Hector. Y'all, y'all, if y'all have seen a Hollywood movie with a Mexican gangster named Hector, you know exactly who I'm talking about. It's the same guy. He plays the same Hector in every single movie that he's in. Noel Guglielmi. Uh, he's Hector. I don't know who that is. Hector. <laughs> Everybody knows him. You all, y'all know who I'm talking about. Right. And the uh, the other guy, I forgot his name, the more eccentric, crazy one. He looked like he needed. He did, yeah, he he was in Breaking Bad. He was in Breaking Bad. He played uh, one of the first villains. I forgot his name, but I know his name. I know his face. Raymond Cruz. Him. So, them two, they played the part fine. Right. Well, not to say that Cliff Curtis didn't play it, but. He definitely stood out because you could tell that he's not exactly Hispanic. He, he's for sure somewhere else. So it, right. Like it kind of stuck out still, right. to me, at least. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe non-Hispanics don't care, don't see it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So in this case, um, I would have preferred a guy like Dell. I think Dell in Ozark was fantastic. Yeah. So imagine so, this. Yeah, I thought he would have been better, but whatever. No, no hate on Cliff Curtis. I, I like his roles. I think right. he does well whenever I do see him on screen. It was pretty solid overall. It was a solid performance by everybody. Um. How about this? I'm, I'm gonna introduce this one. Well, how about Doctor Dre and Snoop? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a, those were nice little appearances they made. Uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire was seriously considered in this one. He actually gained weight and he shadowed a narcotics officer for two months. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they, that's that's the way the business goes, right? They gave him the boot. That's fucked up. That's how it goes, man. What two can months. you expect? You're Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Eminem Eminem passed on this Eminem Eminem passed on this To work on 8 Mile Oh okay well I mean I don't blame him Right That's like his project I guess right. Christian Bale I can see Christian Bale in this yeah, It's hard It's really hard He would've been younger He, he would've been younger So I think it's I could see it I could see it like okay. it's not, it's not. Like think of American Psycho He looked real younger That right. that was around the time This movie came out So I could've seen it Now the role itself, regardless of actor, is not nothing special. Like Denzel took the spotlight. I mean, so I, I can understand why maybe, you know, maybe certain actors were like, uh. Well, Antoine said that he really liked Ethan Hawke because he looked innocent, yet he still had something in his eye that, like, you know, he she he he has seen some shit. Right. You know, so that that fit the role perfectly, I guess. But what about Alonzo? Alonzo Harris, played by Denzel Washington, he won an Academy Award for Best Actor. Actually beat Russell Crowe's Beautiful Mind, which was an upset. What do you think about that? I don't think it was an upset at all. No? I like Beautiful Mind. I think it was a fantastic performance, but I think that mental disabilities playing that, um, and he, like uh, Russell, Russell Crowe's character did have a mental disability. I feel like... Um, yeah, in the end, he was like schizophrenic or... Yeah. He had something. I remember the... the, the I, I think that has more so to do with the portrayal like the, the movie overall mm-hmm. rather than the performance right I think the way they showed schizophrenia was was better than I see the, what you're saying the execution of it right it mm-hmm. was just a little bit more for me okay as opposed to Denzel like he he actually studied on this one it's, it's, it's not a real character you know so I think Russell Crowe's character was actually a real person oh it's well. based on a real person if a true don't story. quote me on this one maybe we'll see we'll do our research Bruce Willis yeah, no. No. <laughs> uh, Gary Sinise. That's uh, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. I don't see it. Nope. Uh, Tom Sizemore. Hell no. Yeah, that was that's stupid. 
But before Antoine got the the directing role or the the directing gig, Davis Guggenheim was set to direct this movie, and he wanted Samuel L. Jackson as Alonzo, and this this you're gonna love this, and Matt Damon. <laughs> Samuel Jackson and Matt Damon. You see, I could see Matt Damon playing this role, though. No. Yeah, I can. No. It's funny, but I can see him because he had to play the dumb, innocent, or, oh, right. you know, oh. like, Matt Damon's perfect for that because he has a, a dumb look on his face, like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He'll do it. He'll, he could have done it. Get him. He could have done it. That's all I'm saying. Um, regardless, I think this is a movie that, in the end, like, in hindsight, we're happy with the casting. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't change anything. It's fantastic. Um, Even the little kid. Everybody. Um, you know, uh, Alonzo Harris is actually loosely based on former LAPD officer Rafael Perez. And he was involved in what's known as the Rampart scandal that happened in 1980, 1998 to 2000. That was, uh, that was a scandal that involved widespread uh, police corruption in the Rampart division in the LAPD. And more than 70 officers were implicated in misconduct, which included... Unprovoked beatings, shootings, um, tampering with evidence, drug deals, um, and the list goes on. So, you know, Denzel, he chose to embody Perez's look. That was pretty much it. And he said that this was his favorite character he ever played. It's interesting. He looked like he had fun with it. I would have fun with it, too. Able, like, to, able to let loose a little bit? Yeah. Maybe he was allowed a lot of flexibility to adapt to his own way. You know, there, there's some uh, certain details that were were implemented in this movie. For example, when Denzel was actually shooting one gun uh, in each hand at the same time, he held one sideways and then one vertical. And that was for a reason, because, like, I guess the shells were going out to the right side. So little details like that, you know, if he held them, like, both vertical, right. one of them was going to hit his hand. I, was I see. So it was little details like that that Denzel actually put into this character that made all the difference to me. I did notice that. I didn't question it, but now nah, it makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, like you said, this is a pretty basic story. You know, all of this happens within one day. We have Jake Hoy. He's a rookie coming out, and he wants to join this this narcotics division, which is led by Alonzo Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Alonzo exposes Jake to unorthodox methods uh, about cleaning the streets, quote-unquote. Basically, they want to get the big guys and, and leave the little fish, you know, to, to the garbage bin. Well, that was the facade he put up. That was like his right. initial excuse, right? Like, hey, don't why are you chasing the rapist? And and you know, Hoyt is like, bro, this girl's about to be raped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he goes, nah, nah, we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? You want to keep doing that? You want to run and gun? You go back to whatever, you know, whatever division he was in before as a, as a street parole officer, I guess. Hoyt actually does patrol ev- officer. Sorry. Yeah, Hoyt Hoyt does. The opposite of everything that Alonzo says, and that ultimately saves his life. Right. But like you said, there is a little bit more to the story. Alonzo is dealing with an underlying issue within the story. He's trying to save his own life um, because of some trouble he had Correct. in Vegas. So it's um, it's really hard to believe that all of this is happening. So much violence, so much uh, gang-related activity, and very little body counts. There's only two people that die in this movie, and all of this happens within a day. It's hard to uh, hard to believe that. Yeah, that's one of those things that I liked about the movie the whole time. I'm going down. You know I'm saying we're still in the same day. Like, right. This is his first day as a cop, or as a right. sorry, as a 
uh, as a child narcotics um, officer. He's still training. That's why they call it training day, this first day. I think everything was reminded to me uh, towards the end when Alonzo, you know, he's uh, he's getting beaten by, by Jake. And he just nods and he, he accepts his defeat almost. And he just says, you know, what a day. And he's he's definitely right. What What a day for everybody. Yeah, he tried to he tried to hold up his character for a while, even right. when he was defeated. Like, oh, I own this street, I own y'all, and you know, I run this place, whatever. You know, talking about the jungle, the King most dangerous. King Kong's got right? nothing on me. Yeah, that was actually improvised by him. It was. Yeah. <laughs> nice little nice little uh, line there. Yeah. That was also used in Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I like that one. But overall, Brian, I mean, we said this is a solid movie. IMBD gave it a 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 73%. Film Purgatory score, eight. Agreed. Damn. Because uh, I say the score in my head before you do, just so I can say like, all right, at least I'm not, I'm not doing it, but um, not with spite. a bias, yeah. right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I genuinely was gonna give it an eight. It, to me, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Solid eight. Mm-hmm. The only thing that doesn't put it past uh, an eight for me is just that you know it's not original in the sense that there's, there's new, there's nothing special. They do nothing in this movie that stands out. It's just the the actors that stand out in terms of you know potential performance, um, and the pacing. Right. right. Which is don't get me wrong, a great characteristic for the director. If you can make consistently movies with this kind of pacing, mm-hmm. you should you should be in the Hall of Fame of oh, a yeah. of film. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that's a great thing to do. But uh, eight is still high. We we hold eight and above in high regard. Yeah. Definitely. So eight is I think is a great score, fair score. David Ayer was the one who wrote the script. He actually wrote it in 1995 before the Rampart scandals happened. So, and he was the only writer uh, in this movie, which is really rare for, for any production. So, ta- he worked alone then. Hats off to, to David Ayer. David Ayer, is, uh, isn't he the one that, uh, didn't he do the first um, Suicide Squad movie? Like, that sounds like a very familiar name. He did. He did do the first Suicide Squad, and he did End of Watch. Ah, End of Watch was another good cop. It was movie. another good one. Although that one was more buddy cop. It, end of Watch. That was that was really dark towards the end. But I'm saying it was a buddy cop film. Oh yeah, like yeah, it was the partners, the, yeah. the Mexican kid and the yeah. what's his name, J- Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. But yeah, solid movie, guys. If you haven't seen Training Day, definitely recommend it. Uh, I saw it on Tubi. You can watch it for free. Commercials. I saw it on Tubi as well. <laughs> Next movie we're going into Gone Girl. Gone Girl. This one really stood out to me. You know, this movie I thought was more original. Very intriguing plot, I thought. Mm. The actors really stole the show. You know, I thought Rosamund Pike was fantastic in this movie. She, to me, was like, she carried it, I thought. You know what I'm saying? Ben Affleck was good. The, the writing that he did because I, I think he was also one of the writers for this film actually I want to I want to clarify last week we said that he was the one who did it he didn't he had no no involvement in, in, in this movie in the, except starring except starring in? okay yeah this is um this movie was made in 2014 and directed by David Fincher David was the one who directed Zodiac 7 and The Social Network that makes a lot of sense yeah so he does a theme here Solid movies. Nice track record. Except Zodiac. I didn't like Zodiac. Uh, slow. Yeah. Really slow. It was. It was. Although I'll never forget how how creepy it was. You know how I. I, I mean, I saw it as a kid, so I guess it's right. not fair. I'd have to rewatch it. Tone was good. Yeah. Um. So Gone Girl is this 
this author, Ben Affleck, his, uh, him and his wife, Rosamund Pike, they kind of portray this nice, perfect family type American look. Um, but there's dysfunction. You know, from the very beginning, we see that Ben Affleck is cheating. You know, they definitely have their issues. And one day, Rosamund Pike is gone, missing. That's why they call it Gone Girl. Mm. Turns out, you know, she's trying to frame him. So she ran away and she left, you know, no no crumb, no crumbs to follow. And the media start, starts to create more and more pressure on him as, hey, you know, who's the prime suspect? Obviously, the husband who's cheating. Right. right? The, 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 it's easy to blame him. So she knows that. So they go through this whole adventure somebody finds her you know she has to kill somebody like this lady is batshit crazy for what she is doing um eventually she has to come back right and the the ending of this movie really sealed the deal for me <laughs> like it made me you know what i'm saying it makes you hate a character and you're like ah oh, that was such a bitch it's good right like it makes you hate her and you're like damn it's a good you know it's a good actress good writing oh yeah boring character mm-hmm. this is a good good movie this movie also included tyler perry and neil patrick harris i like neil patrick harris from uh how am I your mother? I don't like Neil Patrick Harris. I was so happy to see him die. Such oh my god, idiot. seeing him bleed like a bitch, I was like, oh yes, die, die. Oh, because he's a simp. <laughs> he's a simp. He's a simp. Okay, in this movie, yeah, he's a simp. <laughs> but um, I like MPH. And Tyler Perry did a, a pretty good job. I enjoyed this one. I hardly remember him, if I'm being honest. I enjoyed this one because I noticed the different tone of Tyler Perry. Obviously, the tone in this movie was different. And Tyler Perry usually, like, the funny comedy Medea. So it was nice seeing Tyler in this type of movie. Yeah. That, that showed me a little bit potential of what he is capable of. Correct. I agree. He was his attorney. Was right. a serious role. Was it nothing major? Right. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it showed a different side and something that you could say, okay, you do have potential. You, right. You want to direct and star in something more serious? You can. Mm-hmm. And I think he's tried since Gone Girl. I think he had a one or two movies that were a little more serious where he was in. But uh, I'm not sure how that panned out for him. But I got to be honest with you, buddy. I mean, Rosamund Pike really did did carry, like you said. She's one of those actresses. I mean, there was another movie that she played not too long ago, uh, I Care A Lot. You remember that one? Yeah, we talked about it. You know, she was such a bitch on that one, too. But, man, that that's crazy because, like, that just lets you know she's a really good actress. Like, she's able right. to portray that. She's, like, that good. That she's she's able, able to make to you hate her. Exactly. So, hey, hats off to, to Rosamund because... Jesus, she has serious, serious talent. You need a female gaslighter in her movie? You gotta go with Rosamund Pike. Oh, yeah. Female villain? Rosamund Pike. Female psychopath? Rosamund Pike. You know, Brad Pitt, John Hamm, and even Seth Rogen were considered to play Nick. Seth Rogen? Yeah. Bro, oh my God. I I don't know. I mean, maybe if Tyler Perry could have done it, maybe Seth Rogen could have done it. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Nobody could ever take Seth Rogen serious. I'm sorry. No. That's tough. Mm. Feel bad. Seems like a cool dude, but sorry, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if he would have been well with this role. You know, in um, in the actual true story that did uh, inspire this movie, the the husband actually really did murder her. Oh. Yeah. Plot twist. It was the the Lacey Peterman case, or Peterson case. Okay. For those uh, true crime fans out there, you know they're gonna gonna look it up. You're gonna look it up, Mr. Ballin. I wait for the Mr. Ballin episode. Um, so I mean, I was talking about the ending earlier. I guess now is a good time to really explain it. I guess so. She comes back, realizing that the best way she could is to kind of keep him in line and 
ruin, sorry, hold his image, his public image, which is essentially his career, his mm -hmm. future, right. hold it hostage. Mm -hmm. So she comes back, does the saved woman pretending to be the, you know, the, oh my God, thank you, baby. Like, I'm so happy to be home. Instead of portraying the dysfunction, which is what he thought would happen. Right. She's embracing him even more so than ever, you know, for this image. And he's thinking like, what the hell are you doing? Well, yeah, she, she, she uh, if I'm not mistaken, she pinned everything on Neil Patrick Harris' character. Yes. Right. And then, obviously, it saves her ass easily right. because he, she had killed him. She really did kill him in the movie. Right. And so she ends up getting pregnant. <laughs> and she's just like, now what are you going to do? You're going to divorce me? And I'm going to ruin your this? You know what I'm saying? Like, she's just listing the things like well, how she's going to ruin his life. Damn. Right? You can do that. Or we can stay together. Both of our images stay the same. Mm. We have this baby. Mm. You write your book, you know, because he's a writer, so you finish your book, baby, you know what I'm saying? And he chose his career instead of his peace of mind. I could never live with somebody. Like, I could never do that. Fuck that. I would I would find a new career. I would, have to, I would not be able to live with somebody who did the things that she did. So that's what, that's what bugged me about the ending. But that's what I liked about it. When, when you're genuinely bothered, mm. you're like, damn, how could you do something like that? You know, it's, I thought that was really good writing. You know what? Ben... Oh yeah, we've been on this. Even <laughs> in real life, the dude's an alcoholic, bro. Dude, how many relationships he lost? Now he's back with J Lo again. Yeah, that's crazy. He got his issues, but it's okay. We love you, man. We, we support your your sobriety. Batfleck. Batfleck. I love Batfleck. People hate on him for points. I still think Samuel Jackson and Matt Damon for training they would have been hilarious. Terrible. Terrible. Would have been hilarious. Yeah. That would have been a comedy. Nah, hell no. Like the other guys. <laughs> they could have done like the other guys. Oh, well, that was another one that I was considering. The other guys in Watch It. Um, IMDb gave it an 8.1 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 87%. Film Purgatory score? 8.5. Okay. Okay. 8.5. Ooh! Yeah, what's up? That curveball. Okay, that okay. curveball. So you liked it too? You... It was a good movie. It was. it was a solid movie. It had a little bit more than Training Day. Yeah. Um, but it was very enjoyable. Uh, I don't mind watching it again. So I the performances were, were fantastic the pacing was great the tone was good I really liked the tone I thought the the direction mm. was fantastic oh, yeah. but hats off to David Fincher mm -hmm. specifically the way this story went and came back around full circle you know the curveball it took not just your score but the movie itself um, was great like it all made sense but at the same time it angered you like, like I can't believe that's what ended up happening you know but she, she did it you know it's like she got away with murder and she saved her own ass David Fincher, as meticulous as he can be, he shot over 500 hours of material for this movie. So, 500, 500 hours. Are you reading that correctly? 500, 500 hours. hours is like. He's known as one of the most meticulous, hardworking directors in Hollywood. That's 20 days of film. 20 days of film. 500 hours. David is so attentive to detail, and and Ben Affleck wanted to work with him for such a long time, and he's known his reputation. So I, there was one day where Ben adjusted the lens like a tiny bit to see if Fincher would actually notice, and, and he did. So he's, he's very attentive to detail. He's very meticulous. And it shows in the movie. Absolutely. But uh, Gone Girl, guys, it's a very good movie. I uh, definitely recommend it, 8.5. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, I rented mine. YouTube, I got premium, so fuck you. Brian, have you seen anything recently that you want to talk about? I finished Stranger Things. I know you did. Nice. We could talk about that. Nice, nice. Hey, how'd you feel about that? Um, the ending itself 
was kind of like exactly what you expected. The buildup was there, you know. Right. It wasn't anything uh, out of the ordinary. Nothing that uh, was out of place. I thought the whole season led up to that point in a masterful way. Compared to season three, that was so slow. The season was so well paced. Even the super long last two episodes still were had good pacing. Um, I don't have any real complaints. I'm being honest with you. I like it. I thought it was good. Um, but it's losing its hype. You know, it's losing its like you said. Like this should have been that last season. Right. Uh, that was my biggest problem with with this season. Uh, I think compared to last season, it was great, it's fantastic. Like we mentioned before, when we did mention the the first part of Stranger Things, it was good. It was well paced. Uh, Stranger Things does a, a very good job and capitalizing on people's uh, reminiscence of. of Nostalgia. Yeah, pop culture back in the day, and and there's a fantastic job in doing that, and it 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 makes you invest into the story. Correct. So they do a fantastic job with that, but I feel like uh, story wise, in a writing standpoint, I feel like the plot conveniences and the plot armor on certain characters are way too much. At this point, it's becoming too repetitive. I mean, it's it's too reliant on certain characters, and it's just not believable. And, and you can say that, you know, it's not supposed to be believable. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you can't have the best of both worlds, in my opinion. You can't use real-world uh, pop culture references to try to invest people into this thing and then have it fantasy at the same time. Game of Thrones was set in a different time era. It's not even uh, a different world, but it's a fantastic show. Breaking Bad is very relatable, but there's no science fiction out of this thing. It could very much happen. So Stranger Things... I feel has a, a problem in which it, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. But uh, in a writing standpoint, that just doesn't work out for me. Um, man, I, I really wish this would have been it. Um, I'm really I'm really disappointed that there's going to be another season. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a little bit more than that. So, yeah, it is what point. it is. It's just going to milk it, but fuck it. Stranger Things, part two, out on Netflix. Brian, next week. Next week. We're getting into. Next week, we're doing comedy. We're going to be touching upon the Wayne Brothers. Okay. Going over, maybe talk about their careers a little bit. Uh, they have the show from the 90s, the sitcom. They have a few a few movies. Nothing out of this park, right? They're not going to go down as greatest ever. They're not anything. But I, I think in, in the terms of our childhood, I think they made a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. I think definitely. a lot of memorable stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm down. Let's get back to the comedy. Sticks. <laughs> but that's gonna do it guys we really appreciate all the support and all the feedback if you like today's episode or have ideas for future episodes definitely get in contact with us you can reach us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter our username is film purgatory or film underscore purgatory please make sure to turn on all notifications on your streaming services so you know as soon as we drop the latest episode thanks again guys and we'll see you next week <laughs>